And now, and now, and now, now. Item. item, item, item with Tommy Lee. Item with Tommy Lee. Tommy Lee. I'm Tommy Lee, and this is the Item Podcast. It's my random record button for whatever's in my head at any given time. And today, it's a little more serious than it usually is because of what happened 50 years ago today. Item number 96, speaking your truth. Before Memphis, it was Harlem. Ten years before Memphis and the balcony, there was Bloomstein's department store. Dr. King was there signing copies of his book, Stride Toward Freedom. He'd only had the doctor in front of his name for a couple of years at this point, but it helped to punctuate that the man who had been so involved in the Montgomery bus boycott wasn't just another radical fighting against the way things had always been, the status quo. He was a man with something to say, a man who was willing to put the work in to back it up with the sort of fancy letters respected by people in power. In the book, King details the boycott and outlines his understanding of nonviolence, how it looks to make a friend out of those you disagree with rather than try to put them down. It's all about speaking your truth. A paranoid black woman named Isola Curry walks up to him while he's signing copies of the new book. She asks him if he's Dr. Martin Luther King Jr., and he says yes, because he was. She reaches out with a letter opener and violently stabs him in the chest. The assassination attempt resulted in a delicate surgery because her stab had ended up in a tricky spot near his heart. And he forgave her, publicly, with a statement delivered 10 days later from his hospital bed. Curry said that she believed King was conspiring against her with the communists. A lot of people worried about that in 1958, especially the paranoid and delusional. He used his words and spoke his truth and forgave her with those words. Dr. King spent what time he had left on this earth, almost nine and a half years, pursuing civil rights. He became a legend, the face of a movement, a man who was despised as he was respected. He spent time in jail five years after the stabbing, arrested during a campaign against segregation in Birmingham, Alabama. Not a popular place to do that. While he sat in jail, he crafted one of the most amazing things I've ever read in my life, the letter from Birmingham jail. It was a deep treatise on the differences between what is legal and what is right. When the system is unjust, he says in the letter, it's time to take a good look at the system. We know through painful experience that freedom is never voluntarily given by the oppressor. It must be demanded by the oppressed. He said that, using his pen, using his mouth, speaking his truth. Then came the famous I Have a Dream speech in Washington, D.C. in 63, I think it was. And then there was New York City and St. Augustine and Selma. Selma grew into Bloody Sunday. Bloody Sunday grew into a meeting with the President of the United States, a president who had the balls to disagree with the good old boys in his own home state of Texas, who liked the status quo just the way it was, thank you very much. Then came Chicago and Vietnam protests and questions about his patriotism. And look, I'm not here to opine about that one way or the other. Fifty years on, that's still a nerve that's all too raw in this country, one that's still throbbing in the halls of social change. And then there was Memphis. April 3rd, 1968, Dr. King used his mouth, his words, his truth, delivering a speech at a church. And not just any speech. He gave the I've been to the mountaintop speech. 
It's one of his most famous speeches, possibly because it was his last. His focus had changed a bit, moving into the area of economic inequality and the importance of helping out your fellow man, no matter who they were or what they looked like. It's a stormy night that Wednesday night, a dramatic backdrop for a dramatic speech. His words moved people in the audience, words delivered by a mouth that had dominated the decade, speaking his truth. More than most presidents, more than the news anchors we heard every night. It was played yesterday in its entirety, by the way, in Washington Square Park to celebrate its anniversary. And then April 4th, 50 years ago today, a Thursday evening in the city by the river, the home of the Delta Blues, of Sun Records and Graceland and Beale Street. Dr. King's on the balcony of his second floor motel room. It's six o'clock and he's going to go out and grab some dinner with his friends. He's walking back into his room to get his coat to do just that when he's hit by a bullet from a .30-06 rifle in the hands of James Earl Ray. Ray isn't a fan of anything that King has had to say in the last decade or before it, even before the stabbing in Harlem. He punctuates that by shooting him in the mouth, shooting him in the neck. He makes a mess of the man. He destroys the jaw that locked confidently in the face of oppression and challenges. He strikes down the orator. Silences the mouth that sought to speak the truth. Silences him at the young age of 39. An hour later, Dr. Martin Luther King is pronounced dead. Riots break out across the country. One of the most difficult years in our country's history, 50 years ago this year, is only four months in, and there's a lot more of it to come. But there are people ready to carry on where Dr. King left off, and you see them on the television every night. You see them on TV with Walter and Huntley and Brinkley and Young and Reynolds. People who aren't afraid to use their mouths, their voices. People pointing a finger at the horrible things happening in 1968. And pointing a finger at the good things, too. Nothing, after all, was ever made with only one side. Some of those people speak about the importance of making a friend out of the people you disagree with rather than trying to put them down, getting together, instead of drifting apart. It's a valuable lesson, and it's a relevant one 50 years on. It's all about speaking your truth. This has been the Item Podcast, written and produced by me, Tommy Lee. It comes out now and then, whether it needs to or not, here at Audio Boom and at iTunes and Google Play and iHeartRadio and Spotify and TuneIn places with obviously dubious standards. Item doesn't follow much of a regular schedule anymore, so if you want to hear it, you got to kind of subscribe to it or follow it on Facebook. Might as well do both. Item is rapidly approaching 16,000 listens, and I really appreciate you putting us there. I'd also like to invite you to check out my other podcast, The Archive. It's a fictional story based on my second novel, and it drops every other Friday on most of these same providers. A new episode is actually coming up this Friday. If you enjoy these two podcasts, or maybe if you love one and absolutely hate the other for some reason, whatever, please help spread the word about the one that you like, or both. And as usual, thanks for listening. The item is part of the opt-in on-demand family of podcasts. Increase the peace. And I've seen the promised land. I may not get there with you. But I want you to know tonight that we as a people will get to the promised land.
tonight. I'm not worried about anything. I'm not fearing any man. Mine eyes have seen the glory of the coming of the Lord. Podcasts by Federated Media. Podcasts by Federated Media.